All right, forget the State of the Union. We, we got to do a State of the Culture. Hey y'all, welcome, 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 welcome back to the show. I took a week off. I had to go down and spend some time with my family in Florida, but I'm back now. So I wanted to kind of give you guys, I'm probably actually going to upload a few shows. I'm actually a part of a group called, um, it's like a group of young colored professionals. And one of the things that we've been kind of working on is coaching ourselves and coaching each other on making sure that we're consistent with our goals and all the things that we have to do, to-do lists and all those sorts of things. So my coach, she calls me every week religiously and we talk to each other and we make sure that we stay on top of our stuff. And part of my stuff is my blog and my podcast. And I wanted to make sure that I made up for the fact that I skipped a week for you guys. So I'm probably going to upload a whole bunch of episodes this week just because it's just so much just tragedy going on in the world and just so much shit that we need to talk about that I just feel like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to talk about it. And I wanted to combine a couple of different topics and do a state of the culture just because one, the state of the union is happening tonight, I guess. I don't know. One, I don't have cable. Um, But two, y'all know how I feel about 45. I will definitely not be watching it. I already know what the state of the union is. Hot ass mess. Moving on. (laughs) So one, I wanted to kind of talk about three separate topics. One, happy black history month. Um, this is the day or this is the time of year where we just kind of celebrate African-American culture, African-American heritage. And again, just for all of you who are new listeners who have never heard me before, I am black. Pause for dramatic reaction. Welcome back to the show. OK, so the first thing I want to talk about um, with the state of the culture is uh, I woke up to this news this morning Um, I listen to YouTube videos when I wake up in the morning. I don't know if anybody else does that. But this morning, for whatever reason, Liam Neeson was all over my YouTube recommended feed. And I'm just like, oh, oh, no, that's like my silver fox baby daddy. What did did he do? Is he just saving kidnapped girls all over the world and something went wrong? Did he not save one girl? I don't understand. And then he did some interview. I don't know if it was a radio interview, if it was a television interview. I'm not even sure if the interview itself was recent. But the event that he's talking about is something that happened 20, 30, whatever years ago. So he shares an account and he's talking about the method that he uses for acting. So somebody asked him, you know, how do you get into that mindset of, you know, I got to go after these people. I got to fight. I got to save the world. How do you get into that mindset? And I think he does, does like I think they call it like method acting or something like that, where you try to think of or you keep compartmentalize all these different experiences that you've gone through in your own life. And when you need to act out or be a certain character when you're in front of the camera, you refer back to those different experiences that you yourself have been through to kind of evoke that inner emotion so that it looks genuine to audiences who are watching you on film or in the theater. And for him, of course, now all of his movies lately have been on these kind of action-y Keanu Reeves. There's one man that can only save us all. You know, you have The Commuter, you have, of course, Taken, you've got Nonstop, you've got all these different movies that he's in. You've got Grey, all these different movies that he's in where it's just like me versus the world where I've got to save everybody. 
And so they asked him about it. What do you do to get yourself in the right frame of mind for, for this type of acting? And he recalled a situation that happened a long time ago. Now, keep in mind that he's Irish. So this is not in the United States or anything like that. I think he's either Irish or Scottish. Y'all, y'all send me, drop me a line and let me know which one he actually is. Um, but he recalled kind of an instance where someone, a woman close to him, not his wife. A lot of people were saying that it was his wife, but no, not his wife. But that a woman close to him um, was actually raped. And when he, after the event, she brought it to him, brought it to his attention, told him about what happened. And he asked her all these questions, including, you know, who was it? What was the guy? Or what did he look like? And she told him there was a black man. And he kind of goes into this whole explanation for, you know, at that moment, his mind just clicked and he went to this immediate dark place. And he was literally like, I guess, walking around this, the, the mean streets of Ireland, I guess, I don't know, with a 45 strapped to his waist. And he said that he would literally just walk up and down these neighborhoods with a kosh. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's like the Irish slang for Glock. I, I don't know. Um, waiting for some. And he used the word. I think that's the, probably the thing that I have the most problem with. He was waiting on some black bastard. Quote Liam Neeson waiting on some black bastard to come out of a pub to start some mess with him so that he could kill him. And he's kind of going into this whole dark mindset that he had. And in my mind, I'm just like, oh, oh, no, baby. Oh, oh, that's problematic. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself. That's. Real. He's speaking his truth right now. Now, hear, hear me hear me okay I've always been that person as I get a little bit older and I'm trying to really kind of reconcile in myself do I really feel like somebody who was who has deep-seated racism or unconscious bias or prejudice just ingrained in you can you ever really get over that can you ever really kind of overcome that can you talk yourself out of it and there's a lot of people on Instagram, Facebook, everything, just like uh, Liam, Liam Neeson is completely canceled in the black community. I, I, I don't feel that way. Now, again, hold out. Hold, hold, hold it. Let me kind of explain my position. I think in this day and age, especially right now, and y'all all know what I'm talking about. Race is one of those things where we feel like we can never discuss it. Every time it comes up. People shy away from it. People don't want to talk about it. And I think that's the reason why th this country, this union is in the state of mess that it's in right now. We have all this racial tension that's kind of like one with 45 in the office is no longer like bubbling right under the surface. For a lot of people, it's like the pot is overflowing, like the kitchen is now on fire. I think that it's very brave for a white man from Ireland to be able to literally say now in this day and age, especially in with this world, the way it is, the way stories spread, the way things go viral. I think it's very courageous for him to step outside of himself and for him to admit to a journalist in an interview that he know he's being recorded in and to say, this is something that I had a problem with. I thought this way, like, and I went and he did, he did kind of go into explain that he sought out help. So I will tell you guys this. From my viewpoint as an African-American woman born and raised in the United States, I am not canceling Liam Neeson. I think that that would be the reason why people don't talk about race enough. 
And if we allow somebody to say that, yes, I was problematic, I was racist as shit 30 years ago, I would have almost committed a hate crime 30 years ago had I not recognized that dark place in myself and sought out proactively, sought out help. I think that if we're not allowed to have these conversations, we're not allowing people to be allies and be able to tell us their truth. Tell me if I have any white listeners or any white friends or not even just white, Hispanic, Asian, black. If there's anything that you feel about another culture, ethnicity, race of people, if there's any prejudice, unconscious bias, racism that you feel about any other group of people, would you be comfortable sharing that? You probably wouldn't because, you know, society would put this instant stigma on it. Right. And I think that's the problem. We aren't comfortable enough talking about race. So if you aren't comfortable enough to kind of bring out the things that are dark within you and you can't talk it out, you can't talk out, talk it out with people who either feel differently than you have a different viewpoint or people from that group that you have this unconscious bias for If you're not able to explore those feelings, but you recognize that it's a problem, then you're never able to overcome it. You're going to be able to put yourself in a bubble and live in that bubble for the rest of your life. And I think that if we think about it in that type of sense, where we're able to have more of these conversations and I'm willing to do it as long as you're willing to sit on the other side of me or sit next to me and have a very open minded conversation. As long as you can come to the table and say this behavior or these ideas, these thoughts that I have, they are problematic. But this is what's here and this is why it's here. I was watching The View this morning and Sonny kind of said it or summed it up best. It was weird that and she kind of for me, I, I feel the same way. I hear a lot of stories about somebody did something, somebody robbed me or something like that. And they were black and they were Hispanic and they were Asian and they were white. And so at that point, it shifted my thinking and it shifted my perception about that whole group of people. For whatever reason, and I think it's just nurture. I think it's nurture and nature. A little bit. Nah, I think it's all nurture. Racism is not something that is innately in you. You have to be taught to be racist. You have to be taught to be biased. You have to be taught to be prejudiced. And it's in everything. It's in the television that we watch. It's in the movies that we watch. It's in the books that we read. It's in the experiences that we have. It's in the things that people say. It's in the conversations that we hear our parents have or our family members have. And if you absorb too much problematic foolishness, then it's going to lie dormant in you. And then when something happens, his friend or whoever this person was that was close to him getting raped, he isn't able to separate all those things that he's been unconsciously thrown his whole life. So instead of saying that one black man raped you, he associated with all black men. Now, let's be honest. I've been to Ireland. Now, I was only in Dublin and I was only there for a couple of weeks. But I don't know how many of us are walking around Ireland. I'm just saying. So he might have been walking around a long time with that cot strapped to his waist looking for some black bastard to put a bullet into. I'm just saying. Let's go on to our next subject. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to do two buzzers on that because I, I I can't. I literally can't. Next subject is 
the Super Bowl. I, 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 I don't understand. I really thought, I, I, I honestly thought that we were boycotting the Super Bowl. Now listen, I stand with Cap. I don't just stand with Cap when it was cool to stand with Cap. Listen, I am a sports fan. Now here's the thing. I'm not a baseball person. I remember my ex-boyfriend, he was a huge baseball person. My family are huge, my, my mother's side of the family, huge baseball people. Every year at our family reunion, when we had a family reunion, we would always play baseball. That was like a thing in our family. I think we even have family members that like played for, I don't, I don't know if, if we played any major league ball, but I, I feel like a couple of uncles of mine played for like minor league balls, ball uh, leagues or whatever. I really feel like that was a thing. Like I've seen pictures, but I can't remember the names of the teams. But one thing that I do love, so baseball is not really my thing. I'm a huge LeBron James fan. Like I will watch LeBron. I watch like important basketball games, but honestly, like I, I'm good. Like I don't have to watch every Cleveland Cavaliers game. I cannot say that Cleveland Cavaliers. Ugh, say that three times fast. I cannot. I literally can't. I don't know if it's all the squeaking of the gym shoes on the floor. I don't know what it is, but I, I can't watch too many basketball games. Not a basketball person. Football? Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big football person. Um, I am a Lions fan by birth. I'm from Detroit, if you didn't know that. Um, but I am a Steelers fan by heart. And... I live here now. I live, I live here, but my family is in Philly, which is kind of like that inner conflict. Like I was always a Steelers fan, but they're big Eagles fans. So I kind of have to like reconcile that with myself. My last ex, <laughs> my last ex, my last ex, he was really, I mean, he did watch pro games, but he was really, really into college ball. And he kind of like gave me this whole speech about when kids play in college, they have nothing but heart, right? They're, they're not getting any, anything for it. They're not getting any stipends. They're not getting any salaries or anything. Everybody in the NFL are pretty much millionaires. So he always watched college on Saturday because he felt like those players had more heart in the game. And you know what? I, I kind of got with that. I kind of rocked with that. I had never really been that into college football. I kind of had to when I, was, when I lived in Alabama. Um, because they have no pro team. So I always used to joke with my Alabama ex that the reason why y'all put so much stock into that Auburn versus Alabama rivalry is because oh, y'all don't have a, an actual team to root for. So y'all go for your college team. Side note, huge Auburn fan, even though my family's from Tuscaloosa. I, I know, I know, just, just odd, just completely backwards. But eh, that's me. Anyway, back to the Super Bowl. I really thought that we were we were boycotting the NFL. So, yeah, Mia has not watched not one game since Colin Kaepernick has been blackballed from the NFL. And I think that's the problem. Not me. But I think we don't stand as much as we should. We always wonder why. And when I say we, I mean my community. I mean my culture. We always talk about the fact that we don't stick together when it really, really, really counts. And I think this is one of those examples where I'm a little disappointed in us. I'm a little disappointed that we didn't stand up for something that we all felt. I mean, for the most part, we had allies that were in on this with us. 
we had Nike that pulled in and literally had on the strength of their African-American clientele or consumers decided to place a huge wager on their company. Eh, there was some reward to it as well. And they're corporate. So they calculated that very well. But they really, really stuck themselves out there. And I felt like we were like, ooh, like this, this is really big. We're really, really doing this. We're actually, but you know how hard it is for black people not to watch football, pro football? I mean, watching a football game is like a black tradition, like going to church or eating greens and black eyed peas on, on New Year's Day. It's just something that we do. I think piece of it is the food. <laughs> I mean, it's like Thanksgiving. There's something about like Sunday watching football with your friends, with your family, with your uncles, with your brothers. You got chicken wings, you got french fries, you're going out to a sports bar, you got beer, you got all this type of stuff. And it just brings community together, at least in my family it did. I always felt like it was like this huge thing. There was one time where I felt like I had to watch, I did have to watch the Lions play or the Lions lose just for a piece on Thanksgiving because my dad, a.k.a. King T'Chaka, was like, yeah, I, I need to watch the Lions, at least on Thanksgiving. They always play on Thanksgiving. It's a tradition. I've done it for like 40 years. I have to watch. Eh, okay, okay. We had to do it that one time. But I made it a point like, eh, I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl. I was invited to like five different Super Bowl parties. And I literally like side eyeing everybody like, really? I thought we would. Uh, no, I thought we wasn't doing that. When the whole controversy really, really started. And then I was so, so proud because I was like, oh, that's a big opportunity. I wonder who's going to perform at the halftime show. Jay-Z said no. But then he's like one of the biggest superstars in the world. So it's kind of like you don't need to. Then Rihanna said no. And I was like, oh, my God, we're really doing this. Like, we're really going to pull this off. And then Cardi B said no. And I was like, oh, my God, this this is perfect. So here's the thing. Cardi B, this is like her first year. Really, really in the spotlight. Something like you being handed something like the Super Bowl, that's a huge thing. Now, yeah, I'm not even going to bring up Nikki. Not even going to bring it up. But Cardi B turning down the Super Bowl like this early in her career, that, that that's a huge thing. And when I say she turned it down, she turned it down with all of that. And I was so proud in that moment. I was like, yes, we're, we're really doing this. Even little Amy Schumer said, ah, don't put me in no Super Bowl ads. I don't want none of it. Now, side note, uh, Cardi was in a Super Bowl commercial. So uh, Pepsi commercial. I mean, OK. All right. Literally, that was like the whole theme of the commercial is OK. OK. All of that. But then it was down to the wire. They couldn't get any performers, and then they booked Maroon 5. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I've gotten, I don't, I guess I wouldn't say I'm a Maroon 5 fan. I've, I, I've bopped to some of their songs, but I was just like, oh, okay. Well, it ain't us. <laughs> I was happy with that. But then, then he got Travis Scott to agree to perform. And I'm like, no, no, baby, don't do it. Don't do it. It's a trap, baby. Don't do it. And he didn't say no to the point where Jay-Z called him and I guess was like trying to convince him not to do it, to like stand in what we were all doing. And then, and then, 
And then he agreed to it. He agreed to it. And apparently there was some call or some conversation with Cap. And I think his team kind of put that out or pushed that out there that he talked to Colin Kaepernick. Just kind of like a signal to the black community, like, so he talked to Colin. Okay, and? <laughs> it was like, did he need to get permission from him? I, I, don't, I don't understand. Again, this to me is bigger than anybody. Than anybody's one career, than anybody, that one thing, that one night, that one big performance. You had a number one album this year to the point where Nicki Minaj was literally like draking, like all in her feelings about it. Calling you all types of whole niggas of the week. It just craziness. You got a number one album. You you have a huge tour going around right now. You're one you're one of the upcoming biggest rap stars in the country right now. Like you'll get other opportunities, but this was bigger than you. But you, we couldn't no, we couldn't do it, right? He agreed. When they announced that it was in Atlanta, then I heard another announcement. Uh, the big boy from Outcast was going to be agreeing to be in the lineup and my heart broke my heart broke the the one good thing about that three stacks nowhere to be found just respect big boy i'm not to say the outcast i, I literally i can't cancel outcast <laughs> like, yeah i can't i literally can't it'll be like if somebody told me like you had to cancel your dad like yeah no nah. no nah, yeah that's not happening I, I can't cancel outcasts. My my reconciliation in my head is that at least half of them said no. <laughs> but I'm disappointed. And the whole explanation to it was, I got to show up for my city. That's my city. That's Atlanta. What? This is bigger than you, bro. This is the reason why we can't get nothing accomplished. We don't stick to nothing. When we say we're going to do something, we don't. When we say we're going to protest something, we're going to boycott something. When we say we're not going to put our dollars up front for something, we didn't stick to it. We didn't adhere to it. It's not going to be easy. That's the whole point of it. That's the whole point of a protest. That's the whole point of the boycott. It's something that you wouldn't normally do. It was easy. When we boycotted Starbucks, yeah, that was easy. I mean, we go to Starbucks. Me, Mickey go to Starbucks, but... I mean, for me to stop going, that wasn't nothing. Plus them $6 coffees, I mean, bye. <laughs> that was nothing for me. But to boycott the NFL, yeah, that's a sacrifice. But you had to go, you just had to do it because it's in Atlanta? Is that the only reason why? So if it was in Detroit, eh, you would have been rolling with the boycott. You wouldn't have watched it, you wouldn't have gone, you wouldn't have nothing, right? If it was in New Orleans, you wouldn't have gone, you wouldn't have went, you wouldn't have did nothing, right? If it was in Houston, Texas, you wouldn't have gone, you wouldn't have went, you wouldn't have did nothing, right? But because it was in Atlanta, you had to represent for your city. We couldn't recognize that this was literally bigger than ourselves, bigger than that one night, bigger than that one moment. Okay. Oh, then they got my auntie. Jesus Christ. They got my auntie Gladys. Now, again, if I can't cancel Outkast, I definitely can't. I mean, she's a legend. But I... I just, again, I'm disappointed. Why, why had to be you? It almost felt like, I didn't even realize this was a part of the conversation until afterwards when somebody told me like, did you know that Hallie and Chloe were like performing, they have performed America the Beautiful. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? Aren't, wait, aren't they signed to the, to the queen? Wait, wait, what, what? Now listen here, I'm a card 
carrying long time life golden diamond pearl member of the beehive to the point where I was so, so proud of Jay-Z for just saying, nah, nah. The fact that Beyonce and Jay-Z don't even feel the need to literally like promote albums. They just drop and they just be like, eh? oh, we got a new album out, by the way. It's available right now. What? <laughs> That's how big y'all are. These girls are signed with them or they were discovered by Beyonce or something like that. And they performed at the Super Bowl. And I, well, I'm like, wasn't, wasn't Jay calling Travis telling him not to perform? Like, I don't understand. I don't get it. And I know that they're young and their career is just starting. And this is a huge night. It is a huge night. But that's the point. A protest, a boycott, you're going to sacrifice something that you either want to do or that you're used to doing for the greater good or for a bigger purpose. You know, I was talking to my dad and my aunts after and some of my older cousins after it. And they were like, man, y'all young kids, y'all can't stick to nothing. Now, keep in mind, Gladys is, is in that generation. But pretty much they were saying, I mean, look at Martin Luther King. Look at Dr. Look at all the things that were happening around that time. You know, we were just sitting at lunch counters. We were going using bathrooms that we weren't supposed to be in. And we were getting chased down by dogs. We were getting hosed down by police, you know, fire hydrants and everything. We were being arrested for sitting at lunch counters. We were have, being spit on. You know, we marched. They marched from Selma to Montgomery. I, I, we did things back then. We stuck to our guns. It was painful. It was a real sacrifice. People died. We can't, we can't not watch a football game? <laughs> I don't understand. We can't not sing the national anthem on one night of the year at a football game. We can't not perform two songs at a football game. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand why we can't understand that the things that we want and the things that we fight for, if there's injustice in this world, and we're leaving it up to corporations to tell us when we should and should not be angry, when we should and when we should not protest or boycott something, then we're never, we should never ask for anything. We shouldn't. And now this might be a very unpopular thing for me to say. And I, I would hope, I hope that you keep an open mind when I say this. I don't want to hear anything from Travis Scott, from Gladys Knight, from Big Boy, from Hope, uh, what's her name? Hallie, Chloe. I don't want to hear anything from them about the NFL. I don't want to do it. I don't want to hear it. Okay. And even though there was this whole debate going back and forth about, well, Travis Scott got them to donate $500,000 to Van Jones's charity about youth and, you know, urban youth and all that. Again, I don't care. It felt empty. It all felt like empty gestures. And it felt like, they wanted to get all these black people on stage. It's like, look, look, I know we didn't, we, we blackball Colin and y'all mad about that. But look, we got your auntie up here singing. We got your two cousins over here singing America the Beautiful. We got your other cousin over here rapping. And then your, your older cousin, we, he came. We know his brother didn't come, but you know, whatever. It just felt like lip service. That's what it felt like. It felt like we were paying lip service. 
So if you watch the Super Bowl, if you was riding hard and mad about Tom, but listen, I had to find out about it the next day. And just BT dubs, fuck Tom Brady. That, that was just me. That, that was just Mickey. Just going off on a tangent. Sorry. Sorry. I'm so tired of Tom Brady. Just, I don't even know what it is about him. Like LeBron, this is super side note. Like LeBron James like wins everything, right? The man could, he's probably going to retire with like 12 rings, right? I don't know what it is about Tom Brady that everybody hates. It's his face or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> really, I just don't understand what it is. It's just something about him and that team. Yeah, ooh, like I don't ever want them to win. They, they're probably going to keep winning. He's probably going to win every Super Bowl from now until he says, yeah, I'll retire now. I'll let somebody else win. But, you know, whatever, whatever. Maybe I'm hating. Anyway, now back to a different part of the conversation. So we talked about Liam Neeson. We talked about the Super Bowl. We got, I don't I think this year, this Democratic run for 2020 presidential race is going to look like how the 2016 Republican race was. It's going to be ridiculous. The stage is going to be tight. Um, We got Elizabeth Warren. She's announced that she's running. Kristen, somebody, somebody in Hawaii has announced that everybody's running. The, The mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who's, I think, maybe the first openly gay mayor, and I saw him on The View, by the way. Very impressive. I, I, I like him. I like him. I like him a lot. Um, and then, of course, Cory Booker recently announced that he's running on the first day of Black History Month. Okay, Cory, I, I see you. I see you. And then what was kind of like a sneak attack, I think we all kind of thought that it was going to come. Um, and she did it Martin Luther King weekend. Um, Kamala Harris decided to throw her hat in the ring. Whereas it seemed like Elizabeth Warren was kind of like the front runner. I think, I think Kamala has kind of like surpassed her in popularity and in current polls right now and everything. And she's raising money left and right. Her rallies seem really energetic, really enthusiastic. Everybody's engaged and people are really supporting her and backing her in her run. I, I'm excited to see what everything, everything that's going on. I'm going to hold my endorsement. Cause I want to hear what actually what people have to say, but what I don't want is I don't want us to get so convoluted and for the waters to be so murky to the point where I think people are still waiting with bated breath to see one, if Bernie Sanders decides to run again two, to see if Joe Biden, it, it seems like he's been teasing it to see if he's actually going to run for in 2020. Um, and please, Listen, I know, I know for a fact that you're not listening to this, but listen, if there is somebody who, who, I don't know, who just lives in that area, if if there's one of her secret service agents that, that is hearing this and just wants to get, just let her hear this when you in the baby Hillary, no baby, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. you, you just be, you, you just sit down, baby, just go be a grandmother. That that's all we want you to do, baby. Don't you think about it. You just sit at home and knit or paint or read, write yourself a book, go travel, go to a pottery class, baby. You go, listen, you go to soccer games. You may, uh-uh, don't you do it. Don't you do it, baby. Now, that's not to say that you didn't get none of my support in 2016. Oh, baby, I was with her, capital H-E-R. I was all about her, capital H-E-R. But no, no, baby, 
Uh-uh, baby. No, no, you don't. You sit. No, you don't. You sit down. You sit. You sit down. Don't you even think about it. Don't even tease it. Don't even don't tweet about nothing. Don't put no thinking face emojis on Twitter. Nah, baby. Nah, you, you sit this one down. I don't even want you to endorse nobody. You, you and Bill, y'all just shut the fuck up. Don't fuck this up for us. All right. Just just shut the fuck And side note. Um, I don't know if you're listening to this or if somebody in one of your stores, why, listen, while you are making um, uh, um, a mocha, chocolate, lacatino, whatever, venti double. Listen, if Howard is standing behind you, please let him hear this portion of the podcast. Howard, sit the fuck down. Listen, make you a coffee, make you a latte, put some double foam in it, put some frap chips in that bitch, get you some more espresso, sit the fuck down, enjoy your money, baby. All of these billionaires with this God complex that feel like, oh, can't nobody fix the government but me? No, baby, absolutely not. You just sit, if you don't know what to do with yourself, how about you adopt me? How about you pay off my student loans? That would help me immensely. If you ain't just got nothing to do with your time, I ain't even heard no policy from this man. It's just, I don't want more taxes. I'm, I'm rich and I don't want more taxes. And I feel like if one of these Democrats win, they're going to make me have to pay more taxes. It's the most selfish reason ever that he's running for president. I haven't heard anything about what he's going to do for the rest of us. The rest of the 99%. It's not billionaires like he is. And every time he speaks, if he brings up that he grew in the that he grew up in the motherfucking projects of Brooklyn again and he pulled himself up by let me tell you something. I grew up in the hood in Detroit, Michigan. And I'm still pulling myself up by the bootstraps. I don't care nothing about how much taxes a billionaire pays. I know I pay too much motherfucking taxes. And I was just on TurboTax this weekend and my return is not what it was last year. And I'm pissed about it. This has been Mickey King with the state of the culture. Listen, y'all drop me a line. Y'all make sure y'all hit me up. Tell me what's going on. What do y'all feel about the Super Bowl? How do y'all feel about Liam Neeson? Uh, is he canceled? Are you going to watch Taken 12? I don't know. Who are you excited about this running on the Democratic side? Or do you want Trump? to reign supreme in 2020 drop me a line visit me on or follow me on instagram to double digit diva i promise you it's going to be an amazing black history month every single day i'm posting up a different leader and i'm posting up a different quote by that person so again it's a part of a conversation right you got to get in the conversation with me but until then it's just me and this mic love y'all